You're tuned in to Rosie on the House. Our ongoing education this morning, for you, the Arizona homeowner, about anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. In this next hour, it's your opportunity to phone us toll-free at one 767 4348 and let us know what it is you're trying to get done. And let's see if we can't put our years of experience to work for you, either getting a project started, maybe you're stuck in the middle of a project, or it's that project that just can't seem to get finished. The number is one 767 4348 Maybe you're trying to get a proposal for some amount of work in about and around your home or house, and you're curious as to whether or not it might be competitive. Does it include everything? You've got any of those kind of proposals sitting around the house that you can't make a decision on? Give us a ring. We'll talk you through them. one 767 4348 The show is just one way that we, the entire staff at Rosie on the House, I've got my son Romy here uh, at the broadcast station right next to me here in the in the booth. So Romy and I are in studio. My wife, sweet Jennifer, will take your call. She's in the call screening booth, one 767 4348 We've got Gary D., our broadcast engineer, that's uh, making sure all the dials and buttons are, are tuned in perfectly to uh, reach your home. And we're here for you, and it's what we do every Saturday morning. Now, other tools in our toolbox include our website, rosieonthehouse.com. So if you come up with a question or a dilemma or a problem during the week when we're not on air, just go to the website, rosieonthehouse.com. We'll be celebrating 30 years of broadcasting here next month in October. So for 30 years, 52 weeks a year, we've been taking Arizona homeowners' questions about their homes. All of those questions and all of the appropriate right regional answers are located at that website. That website is like an encyclopedia of information for Arizona homeowners. We also write for several newspapers. One that we write for is our own email newsletter that goes out every week. This week we talk in particular about the rate increases at APS, our largest utility electric utility provider in the state has had uh, permission from the Corporation Commission to do a rate change, and I'm talking about a wholesale rate change. No grandfathered, nothing. Everything's going to change. Well, we're going to talk about that in the 10 o'clock hour. We talk about it a little bit in our email newsletter that you can get by going to rosieonthehouse.com and subscribe. Every week you'll get an indication of what it is we're going to cover on the show, plus tips and advice you can't get anywhere else. If you're in the Casa Grande area, we have the Casa Grande Dispatch, and we have a story in there about tailgating and little tips and tricks and recipes that you might have that have been proving very successful for the Romero family. Down in Green Valley, the Green Valley News on uh, last Wednesday ran an article on fighting mold in about and around your house. And then the Arizona Daily Star down in Tucson every Sunday we answer questions that residents from Pima, Santa Cruz County, Cochise County, write us, and we address those very specific questions. 
And then, of course, at KTAR.com on Fridays, we've always got our blog we post, and that in particular this last Friday had to do about prepping your patio for the outdoor living season that is now upon us. That's all things we do to earn our spot in your heart as every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Let me take you through some of the topics that we got coming up the next few weeks. Today, like I mentioned, in the 10 o'clock hour, we've got the APS rate change. Next week, we're going to be talking about the tricks and the tips for what makes a good tile job. What does a good tile job look like? And what does a bad tile job look like? And there's a lot more bad tile jobs out there than there are good tile jobs. So I'll teach you what to be looking for when you're getting quotes or estimates or, or, or putting a critical eye on your neighbor's project that he and his uncle did himself. All right. How about in the following week after that, new storage ideas for your home. In October, we'll be talking about smart alarm systems, landscape lighting, and aging in place, which is actually going to be first in a series that we're going to be doing of a topic that is now the hottest topic in all of residential remodeling. How do folks that want to stay in their home get to stay in their home? And that is something that Jennifer in particular, along with Ann at our office, along with Fred in our office, are getting special training on to be able to address that topic. I'm out uh, all the time meeting with homeowners, uh, and they're constantly, number one question is, when are you available? And that is that is the $64,000 question right now. 64000 Yes, that we we run a pretty small little remodeling company. So we can generally handle, we don't take more leads than, you know, we can get to in a, in a reasonable amount of time. But I was at a, an individual's home just yesterday afternoon. They've just moved back here from San Diego, bought a really gorgeous piece of property on the edge of Paradise Valley. And... They, I, I, I met with him, and uh, he was in there kind of doing a lot of the demo himself. <laughs> had the tile all ripped off, had all the popcorn ceiling torn out, and wanted to talk about some kitchens and bathroom work that he wanted done. And he said, you know, the couple contractors I've met and the couple more I'm meeting are telling me, like, they're booked out six and seven and eight months. Mm. Some contractors are not booking starting new projects until next July and August. So I only want to bring that to everybody's attention because if you've got a project that you're considering and you get a series of folks coming to your house, you can go to the website, rosieonthehouse.com, and it'll teach you the questions to ask each of the contractors and subtle little tests that you put each contractor through to see if they can pass. And if they can't pass these little tests while you're interviewing them and while they're preparing their design or while they're preparing their estimate, I promise you they won't pass the test once you sign the contract with them, regardless of what their price is. People ask me all the time, well, how do I decide who to use? I'm not a big believer in wasting a lot of contractors' times and getting three and four and five and six and seven estimates. I believe in developing a relationship with someone you trust and 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 know that they're doing everything they can to bring you that finished product 
in an incomparable fit and finish as cost competitively as possible. But interviewing the different contractors, you can find that buyer's guide at rosyonthehouse.com. Interesting email this week that came in from Candy, C-A-N-D-E-E. Do you think you'd still say that, Candy? I, I would guess. Candy Bayless out of Ventura, California. Said, I wanted to thank you guys for uh, making my day. <clears throat> I was just about to head out the door to go buy a doorstop for this crazy door that won't stay open. And I just thought, well, what the heck? Let me Google it beforehand. Your YouTube video came up, showed me how to pop the pin out, bend it on the concrete, and put it back in. And what do you know? My door stays where I put it now. Thank you. So now we're the best friend of somebody in Ventura, California. If you've got a door that constantly swings or doesn't stay open when you pop it open, Rosie's got a YouTube video on that at rosieonthehouse.com. If uh, you can visualize this, I'll run through real quick. It's simple. Pop the hinge out. You just need a little nail punch and a hammer. Tap out the door hinge. Put it on the ground. Not on your finished flooring. Take it out to your concrete walkway or your garage. <clears throat> Set it down. Take that hammer. Hit it hard. Give it a little bend. That <clears throat> Take it back. Put it back in the hinge on the door. And that tension that's now created from the bend in the pin will hold the door straight. And that's just one of the little home tip videos. There's several three-minute videos on our website, rosieonthehouse.com. You go to the do-it-yourself Q&A tab, and you'll get a pull down there, how-to videos. There's about nine or ten videos there on how to choose the best window, uh, how to fix that irritating door that won't stay open or closed, home security series, preventing home burglaries. There's about four videos on there on little things you can do around your house and home to make your home more safe and secure. So those are all the things that we're doing to try and become your best friend. And we've got Rick calling from Sedona. He'd like to sneak in a question. Rick, I'm only going to beg your patience here for a minute because we're, uh, we're not going to be able to take you before we got to go on a little break here. But you'll be the first up when we come back. There is an open line if you'd like to reach in. The number is one 767 4348 That's 1-888-767. Rosie for you, R-O-S-I-E, the number four, and the letter U. That's just a great way to remember the number as you're driving around, and maybe you're running to or from the hardware store for the third time today or the fourth time today or the fifth time today. We call that windshield time in, in the business, and we don't like our guys to have a lot of windshield time. We like them on the job producing, and I'm, I'm sure that's the way you would prefer to get your projects done as well. So before you run to the hardware store for that particular project, give us a call. Let us talk you through every little single piece and part and component of what you're going to need to finish putting that together. Or like candy, from Ventura, California, did just this morning. Before you go to the hardware store, jump on rosieonthehouse.com and just Google in. Use the search engine and type in what it is you're trying to do. And either a newspaper article that we've written will pop up or a sound bite from one of the archived radio shows where we talked about that will pop up or one of the instructional videos will pop up or from the entire library of questions in the uh, do it, uh, uh, you know, the ask it 
how do I get this done? Frequently asked questions sections from all the questions we've ever received. It's all right there. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie for you. We start this hour at foot of the Red Rocks. Rob calling in from Sedona. I'm assuming tuned in on our Northern Arizona affiliate Chasm. Good morning. Good morning, Rosie. Um, enjoy your show. A question for you about a, uh, I put in a rustic uh, wood fence, post fence, about uh, six years ago. And I haven't done anything with it yet in terms of any kind of uh, weather protection, and it obviously needs it right now. So is this something that needs, like, a penetrating oil-type protection or just a, a water-resistant uh, weatherproofing yeah. at this point? Is, is it like a split rail? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you know what wood species you use as a cedar split rail? I believe it's cedar. Okay, all right. Well, we, we like a, a product that's made by uh, uh, um, Flood, uh, Flood Products. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's called Wood Life, and it is a, it's a penetrating oil sealer. And we uh-huh. use it a lot on cedar and redwood decks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what's exposed to the elements is going to dry and splinter. Uh, but your weakest link right there is the soil line of the fence posts that are going in the ground. Right. So a lot of times what we'll do there, Rob, is we'll take a uh, about a 3-8 inch drill and about 2 inches above the soil line, drill down angled slots about four places around the post. And, and mm-hmm. then when you go to the paint store, you can actually get a syringe with a long needle on it. And, I mean, we just pump that area below soil with as much of that product as we can is you know and what we generally do you you know you've been in for six years you're gonna have to hit it i'd hit it maybe two or three times over the course of the next 12 to 18 months and then once you get it nice and saturated again then you can go back down to about once every year or two years Mm-hmm. okay sounds very good okay I appreciate it. Okay, Rob. Well, we appreciate you listening. Appreciate you calling in from Sedona. That's how we take care of Arizona homeowners. Y'all call in toll free one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight, and uh, Jennifer will find out where you're calling from, your name, and what your project is, and we'll get to you as quick as we can. We've got an open line now if you'd like to jump in. But let's go to Scottsdale and visit with Al. Good morning, Al. Hi. Good morning, Rosie and. One, one thing, uh, thanks for all your helpful tips through all these years. You guys have been great. Thanks, now, Al. Um, the, uh, the project, I'm doing an 8 by 14 shed. Okay. I've got everything figured out what I want to do, but what's the, what, other than uh, putting some – I was going to do two 4 by 4 pressure tube runners and then build my footing on that. Is there something else that I should be looking into, or would that be adequate? I'm not going to pour a foundation. Okay. All right. Um, well, Al, you know, there are, are you going to buy a kit shed for this? Uh, no. Um, no, I'm going to, uh, no, I'm going to just, 
I, I mean, I, I, I can, I've filled them different before, but I haven't. I've done it on a slab, but I don't know if I should go ahead and just do the pressure treated boards uh, on the bottom, or, or, or is there something else that I should be looking into? You know, a lot of times uh, when we're setting these sheds, and you're under 200 square feet, I think. I think you need a permit in Scottsdale. It's either any shed over 200 square feet or 250. I'm not sure, but you, you're under that. Yeah, I, I, yep, I'm, yep, I was aware of that. Now, and, and that's assuming you're not running any plumbing or any electrical to it, and it's just going to be for storage. What we like to do is we like to take like a 16 by 16 concrete block. And we set that at the four corners, and we leave. And, and you don't have to you don't have to put a concrete footing in it, but leave it partially buried but up above the grade by about three or four inches and then we put our sleepers on that and then we frame the flooring of the sheds with steel studs okay Uh okay and then you screw your plywood to that and then go from there up in wood and and boy that's going to be that is going to be a 20 year 30 year shed floor and do they just sit on they? Uh, I don't uh, uh, adhesive on there or anything like that. Just just sits on it. Yeah, you you can uh, take these sixteen by sixteen block and lay them down on the ground. And we usually buy those eight inches. So you bury it four inches, leave it four inches exposed. And then if you want, you can fill just the inside of that block with a little concrete and put an anchor bolt in there so you can anchor it down. Yeah, and It wouldn't right. hurt to have that unit anchored to something in the ground. Right. Okay. But that, can I get those at Home Depot? Uh, yeah. I mean, can I? Yeah. Okay. You, you can pick all that up at uh, any of the big box stores. So just the four at all four corners. And then what about? Is that it? That yep, that's it. Oh, okay. Everything, awesome. everything else will float from there. And you know, if you've got rabbits or gophers or something, you might want to get some hog wire and trench oh, along yeah. along the outside just to keep critters from crawling in underneath there. That works pretty well. Uh, actually, at one of our rental properties, we we let the rabbits live under there, and they they do just <laughs> fine. So, <laughs> okay. well, right on. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the kind words about the show, Al. We certainly appreciate it. Jump on the line at one 767 4348 That's one 888 for you if you have a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin. It's the open line hour. We're here for you. 10 o'clock hour, about a half hour away from our dreaded APS utility rate topic. Oh, boy. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House, and we were talking a little bit earlier about all the things we do to try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. One of the things we're going to be doing on October 18th, I believe, I'm looking at the calendar right now, October 18th, we're going to be at Char's Kitchen, and uh, we are going to be bringing my mom, Baby Kay, at 7 p.m. Limited seats are available. Baby K and Jennifer will be, along with the folks at Char's, will be teaching you and showing you how to fix some of our favorite family Cajun recipes. It includes jambalaya, 
cornbread dressing. I tell no, you, it, wait, you, you have an outdated list. Sorry. Oh. I, I hold the right to ch- edit. Y'all are you're editing the menu. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay. So I can tell you, it's, it's Baby Kay's, some of her favorite and my favorite Cajun recipes. It'll be enough to make a well-rounded dinner. Okay. And then maybe we're going to try one little extra thing. It'll be a lanyap if we get it done. And that would be her, her pralines. She said it's been a long time, so we're going to get together and give that a shot. And um, But, yeah, you'll get the recipes. You'll get to see... The treat is getting to see Baby K. You get to see Baby K, visit with my mom, and you'll also, of course, get tastings of of all of this. There's a price. It's 10 bucks. Okay? You go to charskitchen.com. It is limited seating. She has a beautiful facility there, but it's by reservation only, Char's Kitchen, S-H-A-R-S, kitchen.com. I'm putting it on Facebook right as we speak. And you're putting it on Facebook, so it probably should fill up. Pretty quick. That is October 18th. 7 to whenever we finish. Probably 8.30, I imagine. Yeah, probably so. So, so we'd, love, for, we'd love to see y'all there. Great for this time of year when you're getting family in town. You have a little something different to enjoy and share. Well, I'll tell you the other thing you're going to get is I'll tell Mama Kay to bring her cleanest Cajun jokes. So, so, so you'll get, you'll get, you'll, you'll get, you'll get new jokes for the holidays uh, and they're Cajun jokes, and Cajuns are the, or I think Cajuns are seem to be the only race on the planet that don't care that people tell jokes about them. Thibodeau and Boudreaux jokes. Right? Thibodeau yeah, and yeah. Boudreaux jokes. We make up our own. We make up <laughs> our own about ourselves. That's right. That's, That's a right. good sense of humor when you can so, laugh at yourself. So Baby K will bring both her clean Cajun jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a third one right now. When uh, Boudreaux and Thibodeau come across a big old hole in the ground. Man, they started throwing stuff in there to see how deep that is. Man, they could hear nothing. So they found this big old railroad tie. Man, they throw it in there, and they're looking at nothing. And about 20 seconds later, man, this goat comes hauling through the brush and jumps right into that hole. Man, they look at each other. I never saw nothing like that. A little while later, they're going into town, and uh, they come up on the boys drinking some coffee, and Oh, Fontenot's over there scratching his head said, man, I lost my goat. And they said, we saw it. It jumped in that hole out there. And he said, no, my goat couldn't have done that. It was tied up to a railroad tie. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Oops. Okay. There's one of our clean Cajun jokes. You'll well, that's get, so Mama K has three now. You'll, you'll get more at charskitchen.com, Cooking with Baby K, October 18th. It's 10 bucks. We hope to see y'all there. It will fill up fast. Y'all get registered. So that's just another way we like to become your best friend. Hey, we've got Francis calling in from Green Valley. We do have an open line if you'd like to join us, one 767 4348 That's really funny. I can't. Okay. Francis. Hi. It sounds good to have a good laugh. Laughing <laughs> is contagious. Yes, ma'am. Um, the phone is cutting out. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you. I wanted to learn about what questions to ask with having respects to a duct and vent cleaning Good. in the ceilings. Because as I look around, they're all different shapes, and I have a lot of them. And so I don't know what what is real cost-wise um, that's, that I should be asking, because some of them are real high and some of them are 
you know, that, less, and you it's know, quoted as high as thirty dollars on some and forty on others, and others. Then you see a whole thing. You know, so Francis. I'll shut up and let you tell me. That's a great question, and keep her potted up because I'm probably want to ask her a couple more questions as she proceeds through this. Now, Francis, how long have you been in the home? Uh, Fifteen years this year. Okay, very good. Now, have you ever had the ducts clean? No. Okay. And how old is the air conditioning equipment on the house? Um, they had to replace it about two years ago with a train system. Very good. Okay. Here, here's what our position is on duct cleaning. You'll see many cleaning companies or duct specialty cleaning companies sending out coupons in the direct mail pieces advertising it getting done for, you know, $79 a whole house. Mm-hmm. Here, here's, the, here's the problem with those. They're going to take a vacuum cleaner, and, and they're going to reach in as far as they can to the ductwork. They're going to take each register down and vacuum the back of that and get the dust uh, balls off of that. Then they're going to... They're going to vacuum the duct as far as they can reach. They're going to go into each room and do that. And then they're going to put you back together and you now have your ducts cleaned. But you haven't cleaned the things that really need to be cleaned for you to improve the air quality at your home. All of that stuff that they took out of the ductwork has a whole bunch of more stuff just like that on the coils of your air conditioner. I tell people, you shouldn't hire a duct cleaning company unless they are a licensed air conditioning contractor. Because to really do it right, you have to take your air conditioning cabinet partially apart and clean the coils with a bacteria soap, rinse them really well, make sure the condensate pan is clean and blow out the condensate drain line, put it all back together, and clean the ducts from the air handling unit out to the very end. Then what you have to do is once the registers are down, you have to make sure that the ductwork is sealed to the sheetrock because as the air comes out of the ductwork into the room, if those joints between the ductwork and the seal and behind the wall of the, sh- the sheetrock aren't sealed, you're creating a little Venturi effect that's actually pulling uh, the dust out of your attic into the room. I don't have an attic. But you have, but you have uh, insulation in your in your soffits and whatnot. I mean, I have it in what? The, is is your air conditioning overhead or, or does it come up from the floor? It's on the roof. It's on the roof. Okay, it's, and it's uh, a flat roof, and so all your ductwork goes down into the house by way of an elbow or a straight down. And then you drop down into these things we call soffits, where the ductwork distributes out through your house, the little furred down areas of the ceiling. And, and if, you're, if that ductwork isn't sealed, where it is delivering air right into the room, and we usually do that, we, we do it with a little collar of tape, then it's not going to ever really be as clean as it could be. So I tell people to have a home duct cleaned properly it requires an air conditioning licensed contractor it will take them one or two guys at least a half a day for for each air conditioning unit on your home you ought to pay somewhere between four 
and $550 for that. Now, here's the kicker. If you then become really disciplined at replacing your air conditioning filters, you don't have to have that done for another 8 to 10 years. Okay. The other other side of this argument is you go to these people that call themselves specially duct cleaning. You respond to the direct mail piece that you get in the mailbox. They charge you $79 to come do it in the spring. And then before they leave your house, they want to book your fall appointment. And they want to be at your house twice a year for $79 a year, or $79 a visit. Okay. Okay. In the long run, two things. You're going to spend more money, and you're going to get much less of a job. You're Mm -hmm. not going to do anything to improve your air quality because as soon as your air conditioner turns on, all of that stuff they couldn't reach just blows out to the outer edges of your ductwork. I now, understand. Now, you're in Green Valley, so I can tell you if you'll call Joanna at Green Valley Cooling and Heating, they know the right way to clean ducts, and they can get you taken care of. Any Rosie certified air conditioning contractor throughout the state knows what our standard is. They know what they need to do. And, Francis, I told you that if you become disciplined and exchange the filters as often as you should, it should last you 10 years. Now, that's if you don't have a lot of pets in the house. Uh, a lot of pet dander will, will increase that. Or if you, like in Green Valley, you very well may like to live with the windows and doors open a lot. I certainly would. If you do that, you'll have to, you'll have to do it a little bit more often. But we like to see you change your filter about once a month. And we like to see you change the filter. You say you have a new train air conditioning unit. We like to see you change it with a paper pleated filter, not one of those really cheap spun fiberglass filters. And then you'll be all set. So there you go, Miss Francis. Uh, I have taken you from beginning to end everything you need to know about duct cleaning. I hope that answers your question. Feel free to call in anytime with any additional questions you might have. That opens the lines up at one 767 If you'd like to ring in, we could get your name and number, get you on air as quick as we can. A lot uh, of go ahead. A lot of text questions coming in this morning. Oh yeah? From uh, from California? <laughs> not from California. Just, these, just that one from these California. Are at least local, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> but we had, uh, somebody writing in about how to handle woodpeckers messing on a 1985 ranch style home T-111 siding. You tie them to a railroad tie. <laughs> <laughs> Find a big sinkhole. <laughs> Find a big sinkhole and call Boudreaux a Tipino. There's... There's a lot of different things you can do to help scare off a, a woodpecker. We've got a great article on it. Uh, they are protected from game and fish, so it's not a uh, not something you want to. I, I have no idea what the fine is for something like that, but I don't want to find out either. So it's going to be a <laughs> now. What they won't find you for if if you have a woodpecker working on a particular area of your home, and they generally find one area and they stick right there get yourself some tabasco hot sauce 
and and sprinkle it all over the area where he's pecking. And I promise you, he won't come back. And 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 if you if he's landing on your fireplace spark arrester from a zero clearance firebox and hammering at five o'clock in the morning about it's usually about fifteen minutes before sunrise. <laughs> now that's usually during the spring because that's how they set up their mating calls. Is um, and how many times have we had callers say, "Man, I've got a woodpecker that wakes me up every single morning." Well, just get up there and spread Tabasco wherever it is they're pecking. And um, he'll find another place to do his pecking. <laughs> it, that's a that's a very humane discourager of woodpeckers. Hot sauce, Tabasco. Okay, there's one trick. A nine two eight number texted in and wants to know about water heater maintenance. They've never done anything to their eight year old water heater. Wants to know if you should drain it Mm-mm. and uh, mess with it. Mm-mm. Not after eight years. As a matter of fact, ignore it. Walk by it. Don't even don't make eye contact with it. Just just pretend like it's not even there. If you've ignored it for eight years, just keep ignoring it. You start messing with it now, you're inviting problems. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. A little Cajun. I'm in the Cajun mood, that's for sure. All right, let's go to Ed in Scottsdale and see if we'll wrap up our last caller for this particular hour. Good morning, Ed. Thank you for calling. How can we help you, my friend? Well, good morning, Rosie. Um, I live in a 35-year-old patio home community. Okay. And uh, my concern is one of my neighbors, the lateral line from the house to the street connection the sewer line got clogged by roots and the uh there wasn't an immediate that uh, was sizable enough to seem to cause that much of a problem the plumber thought it was coming from larger trees from actually across the street anyway it ended up costing him several thousand dollars they had to tear up the driveway and everything else of course my question is is it smart, proactive, uh, and uh, maybe have someone come in with a camera to see if there are roots in uh, my line? And then uh, also, is it wise to use a product called Root X? Okay. Well, Ed, you, it's not horribly expensive to have a plumber come in and put a scope camera uh, on a snake and send it down your lines and kind of take a look at what condition it's in. Uh, if, if for your own curiosity, you'd just like to do that. Rudex is something that I know a lot of plumbers do recommend. Uh, it eliminates the, it, it doesn't encourage the root to continue growing inside that, that pipe. It won't generally kill the tree. But uh, we recently did a remodel to a master bathroom in Scottsdale Ranch, and it was a large master bathroom with a sunken tub, and the tub quit draining. And so the family just quit using the tub and were just using the shower. And this went on for several years because they just didn't want to, you know that feeling, Romy, you just don't want to 
you don't want to find out what the problem is, right? You just, you, <laughs> you, you, well, it finally came around. They wanted to remodel the bathroom, and we remodeled the bathroom. And the entire drain of that tub was 100% plugged with one tree root from a pine tree that was about 15 feet away. We followed this root. This root came from the pine tree down below the footing of the house, okay? There was obviously some little leak in this tub right there at the drain. The root went under the footing, turned back up in pursuit of where the water was coming from, and got in that drain. And we used to have pictures. It's it's like one of the... Uh, it, it, that's going to go in whatever book I end up writing. Weird things I found while remodeling. But that root went completely under the footing, 20 inches deep in the ground, came in underneath that tub, and grew right back up into the drain. <laughs> never, ever, in 40 years of remodeling, I've never, at 46 years of remodeling, I've never, ever seen anything like that. So, yeah, Ed, if you're if you're just curious about it, uh, have have uh, Ben Franklin Plumbing, uh, Babcock Plumbing is right there in Scottsdale. Any one of any one of those two, give them a ring. Have them run a scope on that and get a you you'll, you'll not only get a, a report on kind of what the condition of the inside of the pipe is as it relates to the existence of roots, but you also get an idea. Do you thirty five year old soil line? It, it's about time. That it, probably if one of your neighbors has had to go through that, some of the other homes are probably kind of coming due as well. And yep, we do we do uh, like Ridex. We have uh, people using it all the time. Eliminate the roots in your waistline. So there you go. Now you ready for what's we, coming? <laughs> the, the the callers obviously are ready for what's coming. There's a lot of confusion right now. Uh, and it and it doesn't just relate to one utility company. It relates to all. We had a caller online just a few minutes ago calling from Tucson saying their power supplier was um, um, I can't use the word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they weren't happy with their power company. <laughs> and uh, but a lot of you, the biggest utility provider in the state, APS, has recently. Uh, had the Corporation Commission approve some rate changes. And most of you are confused and some of you are mad. Well, at the end of this next hour, we hope that a whole lot less of you will be confused. But the bad side of that is most of you will be mad. (laughs) That's next hour. We have Steve Kep in studio talking APS rate case. If you've got a beautiful uh, Arizona landscape or wildlife picture, email it into info at rosieonthehouse.com. We've got about two weeks left to our photo contest. It'll then be voted on for two weeks and end up in our home maintenance calendar. So if you think yours is good enough, email us.